You're listening to Interviews with Adam. I am your host, Adam Miller. And as we continue our way through this series, talking to different uh, musicians and artists who have given us the songs that we have grown to love throughout the years, uh, the songs that you've heard here on, on Song Time through the program, uh, you are going to be blessed today as we talk with Fernando Ortega, who has uh, had a long, long ministry of music, both in in uh, the the contemporary as well as taking some of the old hymns that you are so loved and familiar uh, to and rewriting them for a new generation. Fernando, thank you so much for being a part of our program. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you get involved in music? How did uh, God, who gave you this talent, capture your heart and, and, and make you capable of using that gift for the furtherance of, of His story, His glory? Well, I think like like most musicians who make their living at it, um, I started when I was very young, uh, started playing when I was six years old, uh, and then started taking lessons when I was eight. And I think by the time I was 15, um, I knew that this was going to be what I did uh, for a living, you know. Um, there was a brief stint somewhere in my early college years where I thought I was going to be a biologist of some kind, but I quickly found, as I enrolled in uh, college classes, that uh, I did not have a gift for for biology, <laughs> so, <laughs> and and so you know pursued music through college, and and uh, and then you know just things. It seemed like God just had a plan because I kept resisting, and I wanted to be a different kind of musician, specifically a, a classical pianist, and. Um, Gosh, it was just a, a long process, a long but very steady process that God um, molded me to do what I do now. You know, the, you've written a lot. Uh, one of the things I guess you're known for is rewriting a lot of hymns and performing them in a, in a new and fresher way. I guess uh, uh, bringing hymns to life and making them even more memorable into our generation. Uh, what is it about uh, the content of those hymns? What is it about the, those songs and those that music that has really drawn you to do that? Well, <clears throat> I grew up singing hymns, so I think when I first start when I first started arranging them, it was because I was in a in a church that did no hymns, and and um, as the longer I worked in that church, the, the, I was the, the director of music there, and. The longer I worked there, I, I realized how much I missed them and how much they tied me, not just to, because uh, they were the hymns that my parents sang, but also my grandparents and then generations before them. And and I, I, as, as I sang them, I, I felt like I was connecting with generations of Christians that have gone before who used those same hymns and, you know, in times of victory or joy or sorrow or whatever, you know, they it ties us to generations from the past, which I think is really important because, uh, you know, it ties us to history, ties us to tradition. Although, and so you say I, I, make, I make them sound new, I think it's important to be informed by tradition but not completely bow to it, you know what I mean? So uh, that's why I chose to, uh, I don't know, in some instances, I rarely rewrite a melody to him. In fact, almost never. I've done it on a few occasions, but almost never. But I do uh, simplify them quite a bit uh, in the harmonic structure of them so that people can sing them, but they just hear different chords over them. And sometimes it's as simple as hearing a different chord or, uh, that, that all of a sudden a line of a hymn will, will stand out to you uh, 
because it's new all of a sudden. You're singing a melody that you're familiar with, but there's a different harmony under it, and it, I don't know, it just kind of paints the words in a different way. It's interesting, uh, you know, as we talk about uh, connecting those generations from the old songs, uh, the old hymns of our faith, they with, with really withstood the test of time. Uh, we're also in the process of talking about the Psalms and how those have have been the the sort of songbook for the church for for you know since the days of of King David. Uh, what is it about the Psalms that have had an impact over music, Christian music as a whole? Because we still sing many of, the, if not the songs themselves, uh, many of the the same themes and the same essence of the ethos of those songs even today. Well, it runs the gamut in the Psalms. If you're if you're feeling despair, uh, there are plenty of Psalms that address that. If, if if you're feeling abandoned by God, you think of my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Um, or if you're feeling exuberant joy, that's all that's all there as well. I mean, there's it's such a rich expression of human emotion that's in there. So I think that's why people tap into them. And then plus, there there's a very poetic sense to them. So it lends itself to, to music. Uh, to, I mean, to modern music as well as ancient music, you know. Tell us a little bit about how that, uh, how the artistry, the, the poetry, and even without music, is able to communicate those same truths in a, by bypassing the barrier of uh, our, our cognitive and get right into the heart of the matter, get right into those areas of, of, of great need in our hearts. Well, I suppose... Um that because there there's a certain meter to many of the psalms, they immediately lend themselves to music. Although, you know, in modern in modern songwriting, um, you look for a, a rhyme structure. You're not going to find that in the psalms. So you kind of have to uh, figure out how you'll how you'll approach one of those one of those things. You know, like like I think of, give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. Now none of those rhyme, but yet they they lent themselves to a very almost verbatim song that was I think back in the 80s or late 70s. I don't know if you remember that song or not. Psalm five. But um, yeah, it's just a, it's it's a little bit of a it, it's a it's a good exercise because you're using expressions that you know we we have our certain phrases that we use in the church today, and the psalms are almost devoid of those things. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's always good for musicians to go uh, look at those at those verses and and try and make a modern song out of them. Tell us a little bit more about your process of, of putting music together, of writing and orchestrating, and uh, um, and putting music and lyrics together that you found is really essential for communicating the the appropriate message that is found within the truth of of the song itself. Um, well, I don't really know if, that I have a, a particular method. I have I have a few. Um, often, I think the most often way I do this is I come up with a singable melodic line for a chorus, and then I try and figure out what words fit in there. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds horrible, um, you know, like who could ever do that? But I think most musicians do end up doing it that way. I'm not sure though, but. Um, but sometimes I find a phrase that I like, uh, just uh, uh, that's not musical, and, and I end up putting that to music, and uh, and that becomes the kernel that you know, for the whole song sprouts from. 
Tell us a little bit more about your history throughout the years as you've um, gone to to performing, to leading in worship, and um, to to really ministering to people in song. What are the lessons that you've learned throughout those throughout those years uh, that have really um, remained with you throughout all of that time? Well, I think there needs to be a for a song to communicate. People need to uh, identify with it. So. For me, it's a matter of taking themes that are important to me, very personal uh, instances in my life or, or thoughts that I have, and sort of divorce them from me personally and try and make them universal so that somebody can hear that sentiment and say, oh, wow, I felt that way myself. Um, it's, a, it's a real challenge making your, your music universal. I mean, you may choose not to, but it's probably not going to gain much success, um, uh, you know, commercially, or as much as you would if you, if you are able to, you know, make... make so somebody hears a lyric, and, they, and even though it's specific to, to my experience, they hear that lyric and they say, oh, yeah, that makes me think of this, or, or I, I felt that same way, or I experienced that same thing. Uh, what from the Psalms have have fed you in your soul, in your heart, as you're getting the, getting ready to perform, you're getting ready to sing? What is it about the Psalms that have given you uh, the the bounty in your own heart that you're able to overflow? Because that's really what what your ministry is about. It's about overflowing the cup that overflows. What has filled your cup so that you can minister to others in song? Well, I immediately think of the passage that says, Come, let us worship and bow down, and let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. That posture, I think, is constantly with me. The approach to God uh, on, a, on your knees and with a, with a bowed head, that um, the ability to worship Him springs from humility. Um, and even that humility, even humility, the, the ability to bow down before Him um, is not something we conjure up in ourselves, but it's a res- it's a God-given response to our recognition of His greatness. So I would say that colors everything I do musically and and how I approach life and prayer and ministry, concerts, my relationships with others. That that posture before God. One uh, of the songs uh, that you've performed. I mean, you've had. Uh, so many that uh, we could we could talk about. Um, Just give me Jesus is one that uh, really resonates with my heart. Uh, uh, the the impact that it is he is all that we need. Uh, but what of those songs that you've you've performed throughout the years have really stayed with you? That that have stood the test of time in your your ministry. That they never grow old. That you just love to share them with with people in 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 concert and and in and in, in worship. Give me Jesus would be one for sure, and that's a that's an old hymn that comes from generations of slaves that that wrote the, wrote different verses. I mean, there are a lot of verses. I wrote a song once called "Jesus, King of Angels." I never get tired of singing that song. "Lord of Eternity," which was written for a friend who was experiencing some really crazy persecution in his life that happened against his whole family and it was just very unjust and so I, I always like that blessed is the man who walks in your favor who loves all your words and hides them like treasure in the darkest place of his desperate heart 
even though it's written about a friend, it really is also written about me, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, those... Um, and there, there are quite a few, but those, those ones immediately come to mind. Uh, where do you go to uh, have your cup filled uh, in your own private devotions, in your own private need to, to worship God? Where do you go in that private moment to find, uh, find your refuge? Well, I guess just to my knees. Um, boy, yeah, there's so many times, and especially before concerts, you, know, you can be going through any kind of... Uh, craziness you know I've, I've, I've thought of times when I was out on the road and my father was sick or or um, when there was a, a death in the family one night when I was I was on the farthest part oh, farthest uh, point in the country away from my family and my aunt passed away and uh, I did not feel like seeing a concert that night um, you know I just crawled in my bunk on the bus and just uh, just cried out to God you know I would say, you know, it's it's sort of a sort of an abstract question, but I would I, I would say, you know, on my knees uh, is where I is where I end up <laughs> every time. We've been talking with Fernando Ortega. Um, his music has impacted us, and it's uh, I'm sure it's impacted you, our listeners, as well as uh, they guide you and they take those great truths from the hymns and and from the Psalms as well to guide our hearts and our minds in affection for Jesus. So, Fernando, thank you so much for being a part of our program and for helping us uh, get a glimpse behind uh, really the, the passion that you have for, for, for the music and the lyrics as well. Oh, thanks. It was a pleasure. We hope you enjoyed this interview made possible by our ministry at Songtime Radio. You can find out more information about our ministry by visiting our website at songtime.com where you can find this and other interviews on our podcast series as well as our weekday broadcast which includes teaching, interviews, and music. We also want to encourage you to sign up for our free monthly newsletter. It's got encouraging articles and there is no obligation to find out more information about our ministry. Again, visit our website at songtime.com. This ministry is made possible by people just like yourself. We are 100% supported by our listeners. So if you have been blessed today, why not join with the many voices together for that one message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, with your donation to the Songtime Ministry. To make a donation, you can do so online at our website at songtime.com, as well as by mail. Write to us at Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or give us a call. Make a donation over the phone. It's 508-362-7070. On behalf of our entire Songtime staff and our own Dr. John DeBrine, the founder here at Songtime, who encourages you to grow in grace and not groan in disgrace, from Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller. God bless.